Awesome. So, this is the long-awaited interview between myself, Zosha, Spicy Slavet, and uh, Andy Warhol of uh, YouTube fame for her video on the fiasco at Universe, um, International Women's Day in Melbourne 2018. So, it's being parallel to a lot of Women's Day events around the world, and we're here to have a pretty awesome discourse, dialectics, conversation, whatever the fuck you want to call it, about the current state of uh, transgender politics, its relationship to Big Pharma, and the narcissistic drive of this particular trans activist movement to usurp the civil liberties and rights that women have fought for over centuries. So without further ado, here's Andy Warhol. So give us a little bit of background on yourself and how you got involved in the women's rights movement in general. Yep, so hi, um, I'm Morgan. Um, I got involved in the women's rights movement originally via Tumblr, um, I dabbled in some pretty ridiculous liberal feminist activism for a while um, and then gradually kind of, um, yeah, came across some more nuanced, more critical, more mm, radical kind of material. Okay. Um, and yeah, kind of just so when you say around. radical, you don't necessarily mean fundamentalist, as most people think. You mean radical in the Latin etymological yes, root yes, of the word, yes, right? To get to the root of the problem. So rather than focusing on you know the symptoms of an issue, um, trying to get to the real root cause of the problem at hand and get at it that way. Okay, cool, cool. So, um, what? kind of things led up to what happened this year at International Women's Day in Melbourne. Um, were there any precipitating signs that this kind of pestering childish disruption was going to take place? Or is this just something that's happened out of the blue? Well, in all honesty, we went into it completely expecting um, some sort of harassment because um, we also marched for International Women's Day last year and um, we were harassed there by some members of the pro-sex trade lobby Scarlet Alliance, um, just, you know, kind of screaming at us, um, making little impromptu sh um, signs, like directly attacking our group of, um, yeah, women's rights activists who attended the march. Um, and then since then, we've just experienced ongoing harassment from both um, pro-sex trade activists and pro-trans activists, um, yeah, just yeah. both online and in real life. Um, and yeah, usually when these International Women's Day events happen, there'll be a few posts in the event beforehand warning people like, oh, you know, these scary, like problematic feminists are coming, like what are we going to do to make sure everyone's safe and kind of fear-mongering about the presence of you know, us just, like, really run-of-the-mill feminists, like... Actual feminists yeah. who are concerned with improving women's rights, not feminists as in 
for lack of a better example, Anita Sharkeesian <laughs> and her derivative, reductive feminist frequency gaming series, yeah. for example. You're not going after frivolous issues. You're actually tackling things that are barriers to women's inequality, right? Yeah, exactly. My um, women's rights activism really, like, the in the forefront of it is just femicide in all of its forms around the world. Like, women, are, women and girls are being killed and are experiencing such high rates of violence so I I care a lot more about those like material really pressing like gl- more global issues than just actual like, problems not yeah, concerns of yeah, internet shut-ins yeah, from the sound of yeah, it <laughs> pretty much <laughs> so you're for women's rights but you're not social justice warriors exactly and there is a distinction I think that is lost on a lot of people with that and so with these communities all these event organizers warning people about you before uh you even show up it's it sounds like it's just because you have an opinion that's not fitting in with their ideological dogma does that sound like a fair assessment yes and um i'd say that it goes way beyond just this issue of international women's day i think um particularly in the Melbourne activist scene, um, marches typically are organised by a very small number of people and, like, they've got their own little dogma going on. So it's like the entire activist scene in Melbourne is controlled by people who hold these social justice dogmatic views. So really it's not just International Women's Day. It's, like, every march. Okay, okay. It's interesting that you mention it that it's every March because I noticed a few times on the internet earlier this year with events in Vancouver, Canada for their Women's March, they had a transsexual dominatrix cross-dresser addressing the march while women who worked in rape crisis shelter centres, which are an actual service that many women unfortunately need during their lives have been ostracised from events for women's Mm -hmm. rights. And similarly, there was another one where there was a photo of a woman, I think, circulating online, and she had a sign saying, trans women are not women. And I haven't seen that much vitriol (laughs) in a comment section since I last read a YouTube comment section. (laughs) So do you think that these are occurrences globally are interrelated do you think that there might be a greater financial backing for these organizations than for actual grassroots material problem solving organizations i'm not sure about i don't know enough to follow the money trail and figure out that side of things but like i do think that they're linked in the sense that just this trend of, like, increasing polarisation politically and, like, the rise of, um... It's... To me, it's more of an attitude than even particularly being about left-wing in particular, but just this idea that you're, like, you're impure if you believe X thing rather than Y thing. Like, I think even beyond just this issue of, like, women's rights and transgender it's affecting all sorts of political divides. Mm, mm. So there are wider ramifications for it than just, say, in the pursuit of women's civil rights, is what you're saying, if I'm correct. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay, okay. And I think, I guess what I'm getting at is it reflects 
this immediate issue we're talking about now reflects a much broader issue of political polarisation and, like, online shit-slinging and just all these kind of culty behaviours. It's, like. it's quite interesting that you bring that up because my um, original post that I made on YouTube as a response to College Kid was about the rise of media spectacle and what's known as truth decay where um, institutions or organisations that actually do have the authority and the experience to make informed comments to the public to educate them are being derided and seen as inauthentic or false forms of or false sources of information so I think that's just a particularly interesting point I wanted that to... is interesting do you have some examples of that um well one of the examples that I used in my video was it was around the time earlier this year when Jordan Peterson interviewed Kathy Newman online okay and um well print media print news used to be a reputable source. It used to be a responsible institution and because of the frankly childish and unprofessional behaviour demonstrated by Kathy Newman during this segment, um, there were a lot of online repercussions that were frankly misogynistic and outlandish mm-hmm. and they were over the top mm. um, but that again is an example of truth decay because it not it didn't become a discussion about what was brought up in the show. It was a discussion on the emotional impact of the event itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So it's an argument to emotion rather than yep. an argument to reason or logic. Mm. So, in your own words, tell us about what happened on International Women's Day. 2018. Okay, so um, we arrived at a predetermined meeting spot before the march, um, just us radical feminists, um, which is the term for what we're talking about, the women's activists who care about the actual broader issues rather than just the kind of SJW shit. Um, there were about 15 of us, roughly, maybe, maybe 20, probably not that much. Um, and... Yeah, we arrived at the march. Um, some of the speakers started. We were kind of just standing around with our signs. Um, we really weren't doing anything, just standing around in a group. Um, and we were approached by a lovely gentleman who just um, des- described himself as a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and he basically he came up to us and he said that our signs were violent and that we should leave um, and was just really started, like, demanding that we leave. That your just... signs were violent. Yeah, like, the you know, this idea that words are violence. Um, our, our signs mostly just covered general women's issues. Like, mine said safe streets for women, but I think we had um, one that said something like, um, I'm going to have to explain what turf means, but turf, tired of explaining reality to fuckwits. Yeah. And turf, for those who don't know, stands for trans-exclusionary radical feminist, um, and it's kind of used in the same way that a slur might be used it's, against... It's a pejorative yeah. term. I've seen it levelled against people ranging from 
someone on the fringe wing, such as uh, Paul Joseph Watson and Alex Jones. I've seen it used against a conservative man, mm-hmm. such as Jordan Peterson, and I have seen it used against um, men who aren't even feminists who are medical professionals who specialise in developmental psychology or abnormal psychology. So, as you say, it it sounds like it's it's a dog whistle for an appeal to emotion. Yeah. 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 But anyway, so this guy um, starts, you know, shouting at us and, you know, we're a bunch of really highly opinionated, like, quite frankly, pretty tough women. So we obviously didn't just stand there and take it like we were shouting back at him and being like I don't know you're acting like a man right Mm. like Mm. that's some kind of male behavior to like come up to a bunch of women on international women's day and be like you need to leave because I disagree with your signs kind of thing um not only that he disagreed with it that he thought they were violent yeah yeah and like thought that he had the authority to tell us to leave um and it just kind of escalated and we've got video clips of this which we can link to um but as it escalated and as the kind of screaming match kind of got a bit louder and drew more attention, um, some other, you know, kind of trans activists and pro-sex trade activists started to, in the crowd, started to flock towards us and surround us. Um, so, yeah, it got to the point where it was like... So there were 15 of us there in total, but in the middle of this little surrounded clusterfuck, there were only about five of us. Um, and we were completely surrounded by, like all these different people just being shouted at from all different angles. Um, like, literally, like, screamed out in our faces. We had, like, people, like, batting at our signs. Um, the t- so they were actually trying to physically invade your space. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it got even more But fu- it's your signs that are violent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Um, and then it got even more fucked. Um, I, just, I just could not believe the irony of this happening on International Women's Day when... Um, Someone obviously went to some of the marshals or organisers of the event, and um, it was a union event, I'm pretty sure, like mm. the CFMEU, um, the, which is the Coal Fire Metal Workers something or other union. Um, they were involved in some capacity. Um, and they sent in... The marshals or organisers sent in, um, like, three or four of these, like, massive, massive union guys to, like join the mob against us essentially like um we're gonna have to come back after a break but uh we'll be back and we'll finish that story in a second Couple goals, couple crisps, high heels, something worth a half a ticket on my wrist. Taking all the liquor straight, never chase. 
ain't no money to climb Can't worry about no waiters, gotta stay on my grind Now who that, who that, that do that, do that Paper over all, I thought you knew that, knew that I G G Y, my name in bold I've been working on my business with some change to roll I'm so fancy, you already know I'm in the fast lane, from L.A. to Tokyo I'm so fancy, can't you taste this gold? with Morgan aka Andy Warhol um, and she was telling us about the events at International Women's Day and how a group of five of you were surrounded by a large group of uh, other activists and there were some uh, blue collar union men who joined this uh, accosting of you guys. Yes. So tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. So the, the organisers sent in three or four of these huge union guys um, to basically just, yeah, get in our space and try to join this group of people. Their, their goal was to supposedly obscure our signs, but, like, they were also trying to get us to leave. Um, but, yeah, these union guys, like... They were sent in there under the pretense of, like, oh, yeah, we're here to, like, make sure that if any violence breaks out, we're going to make sure that people are okay kind of thing. And this is... Like, uh, they were sent in as, like, bodyguards, security guards for both sides, supposedly. Um, But but they they were only confronting you and encouraging you to leave. Well, they didn't actually... They didn't verbally join in with any of the direct harassment, but um, in some of the arguments that were taking place, like they would kind of nod their heads and agree with the people shouting at us and, like, laugh at the things that we were saying and just... So, like... So, on... Let let me get this straight. (laughs) A a feminist organisation that is... calls itself feminist and yet is pro-commercial sex trade of women and pro-big pharma 
mutilation by proxy of sexual organs um, has accosted you guys at Women's Day (laughs) and they're using a group of men who I'm assuming are quite taller than you because oh yeah this guy was a we're, lot we're than both yeah. we're both quite short girls yeah. uh, to be honest but so they got a group of big men to try and get you to leave at a feminist event that's exactly pretty fucking batshit it is batshit and that's exactly why we went because you know the same thing happened last year and we were just afterwards we were just like this is international women's day this should be the one thing that we can go to and like have our voices heard as, you know, activists fighting for women. Well, not um, only that, but women have a right to political speech. Yeah, right? It, Just like any any group should. Like Exactly. You might not agree with it, but you have a right, a democratic yeah. right to assembly at a public event, and you have a democratic right to political speech, and yeah. especially political speech relating to women's issues as women Mm, yeah so this is this is just nuts this is insane and it's exactly why we're gonna go next year and the year after and the year after like where it's just it the biggest irony of all of this is that these people you know do these things to try and suppress us and they you know launch all this anger and hostility towards us and they don't realize that the impact that that has on us is not demotivating like if anything I'm just going to keep going out of spite like (laughs) I admire your tenacity don't let the bastards keep you down yeah well exactly and beyond that like even beyond the impact that it had on the women who were there um the online impact post like after it happened and when we posted the clips of what happened um I had so many messages on my blog of women saying like oh you know like I I didn't really understand before but like having seen this video like I think I'm starting to come around to some of your ideas and like yeah like other women who were there had friends um Mm. like close friends that Mm. they've been friends with for years like suddenly be like oh okay wait like (laughs) I get where you're coming from now so um they've had like the opposite effect to what they were going for, essentially, is what I'm getting at. So like, they, they were trying to break your spirit, but instead they've just, just made us angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's fantastic because at Applied Thought Crime, that's what we're all about is yeah. being dissidents and yeah. having an opinion and supporting the right of others to have an opinion, even if we disagree with it. Yeah, because if we don't fight for those rights to be able to publicly demonstrate, publicly express our opinions, have free speech. No one else will. Like, we, we have to... Rights will be taken away unless we fight for them. Mm, mm. And, I mean, over the last, well, shit, 20 years now, um, since the September 11 terrorist attacks, we've seen gradual incremental infringements upon our civil liberties mm-hmm. um, and democratic rights that people have fought and died for. Women mm. died mm-hmm. for the right for us to have the vote. And over the last 20 years, but the last five and ten in particular, we've seen a real backlash, particularly from the left, against these hard-earned rights so do you think that there's 
anything that the event organisers could have done to have stopped complete childish nonsense like this from happening um, at this particular event? And do you think that there's anything people organising these events should know about some of these problems that might present themselves or some, well, some of these virulent disagreements that might occur? (laughs) Um, I think that's a really tough question for me because I think um, the issue goes so much deeper um, in the sense of what I was talking about before. All the marches are organised by these same kind of people who have these same views. So I think, you know, like different organisers would be able to do something. Like, if you could actually have a march that was organised by someone who was interested, like, actually interested in, you know, giving people a platform to publicly demonstrate, like, around the topic at hand. Um, But I I don't think that the organisers are interested in that. Okay. Okay. So you're saying that these people don't give a shit about (laughs) actual rights and just care more about their own authoritarianism yeah yeah well that's exactly it and it's interesting that you ask me um what can be done about this because um we actually we as a group like we the women who attended and were harassed um we sent uh, an open letter to the organizers um and we actually struggled to come up with suggestions on what they could do because it's just like the issue goes so deep and we just they don't give a shit. Like, they never responded to this open letter. Like, we gave them... We, we did end up coming up with suggestions, which I can't recall right now, but um, they didn't care. Like... They didn't even give you the time of day no. to hear you out in no. the first place. Yeah. So, not only are they infringing on your right to political speech and political assembly, they're not even willing to hear your concerns do you think that this problem goes beyond just these events do you think this is a problem that's presenting itself in both the left and right wing uh political persuasions the sort of stonewalling to outside suggestion and dissenting opinion i think this is the perfect time for us to talk about what we mean by thought crime because that's kind of my answer to the question. Like, more thought crime is needed. Yeah, more thought crime is needed, and just even, even the fact that the, we find the concept of thought crime relevant in this day and age mm. says something. Like, mm. people are people are more interested in being seen as having the right ideas and scoring political points, and you know, kind of building their own image than they actually care about the issues at hand. So it becomes very convenient when, from either the left or the right, I've got a lot more experience within the left, it becomes very convenient if I say I see someone else um, saying something that goes against the dogma of whatever group I'm in, it's very advantageous for me if I can, you know, call them out on it and say, like, oh, you're bad for X, Y, Z, because then I get all the points and I'm extra woke and all that kind of stuff. So I think... Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the weakest of them all? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, far out. So, if you had your way in an ideal circumstance, if you were organising an event, say, for International Women's Day, what 
would you do differently to how it was coordinated and executed this year? Um, it's still really hard to answer because the way that I would ideally do it, I don't think would work in this day and age Mm. because I would ideally have it as a women only March, Mm. but just in the current political climate, we can't even agree what a woman is. Like it would just, it would cause the March would not be possible. Mm. The March that I would want to organize would get shut down. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's interesting you say that because over the last few years we've seen the rise of uh, slut walk and slut culture. Yes. And it's interesting, uh, the attendance rate for slut walk has increased, but the attendance for the original um, anti-rape march that was developed as... um, a protest against the Yorkshire ripper Peter mm-hmm. Sutcliffe at the time, Take Back the Night, has mm-hmm. fallen off in attendance to the point where many cities aren't even having a Take Back the Night anymore. Yeah, that's right. Melbourne hasn't had a Take Back the Night protest since, I think, um, I went to one in 2000 and 13 and I think that might have been the last one. Wow. Yeah. So that's five years. Yeah. And there has been a slut walk. Oh, every, every year. year. Yeah, and it's huge. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I went to a uh, slut walk a few years ago to do some covert leafleting. <laughs> I got kicked out um, for thought criming. <laughs> but fucking hell, where were those kids' parents? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Uh, someone should tell these people blue hair is just spent. Oh, oh my god. Um, so, do you see similarities between this anti-transphobe public hysteria um, within Australian context and within a global context? Is there commonalities throughout all of it, do you think? What do you mean, like, in in terms of how the trans craziness is popping up yeah worldwide. and i mean take for example the uh the pink pussy hats that were at the women's day march which is a joke anyway because it's got <laughs> linda sarsour running it and she thinks any that's a whole other kettle of fish um but they didn't they try and ban those hats from the march because they were exclusionary towards trans yeah. women or something yeah. along those lines? Yeah, well, I think these incidences happening across the world, specifically in relation to this issue, are inseparable because it's coming from the internet and the internet is global. And the, the way that you're seeing it manifest in different places is very similar. Okay, cool. And we'll be back and we'll continue this in just a second. Thanks. Can I have my own space? Can I talk my shit? Can I make a lot of money without selling bricks? Hit them with the remix. Can I kick my shit? Can I chill? Can I eel? Can I build? Can I live? I'm up on the folks, all the jokes go bye-bye See, I'ma get this money now or I'ma die trite There's so much living that I haven't been a part of The bins came with the kid, it's not the start of I feel like some of y'all trying to disregard us But I am better, I'm willing to put my heart up Let's keep it Gucci, I'm a diva and a bit moody But I'ma grind till my life is 
like a big movie I kick shit like a post to the end zone A boss chick, put your dude in a friend zone Justine, queen of everything Go to sleep, try to come up with a better dream I'ma pull up in some shit you ain't never seen Got a brand new vision with a better screen Don't do friends, hold a girl dolo And y'all never really get it like Romo Can I have my own space? Can I talk my shit? Can I make a lot of money without selling? talking about the uh, global sort of situation with women's marches and the attack on women's democratic rights by uh, trans activists, particularly adult male trans activists. And I thought your comment about the internet and the internet being global and that sort of being a facilitating factor uh, was an interesting point because growing up uh, pre-internet, most of the ways people met for communities were through physical mailing groups or actual physical clubs that you would interact with people in a real-life space to discuss these issues. Um, So do you think the rise of social media and the sort of desire of media outlets, especially non-mainstream media outlets um, like Pink News or Huffington Post or whatever, um, has sort of hastened this harassment and demonising campaign that's being undertaken against women who actually pursue the civil liberties and civil rights of women or absolutely yeah yeah so how what ways in particular do you think that the sort of rise of social media has impacted that obviously other than it's global like do you think that 
it's a lot easier for people to fall prey to groupthink, or do you think it's just a matter of algorithms and personalization taking its toll? I'm going to answer this question by drawing on some personal experience. Of course. So, um, I mentioned before that I first got into politics generally, I guess, through, um, liberal feminist Tumblr. Yeah. Um, at the time I was 16, I was a teenager, I was trying to figure out who I am and where my place is in the world, um, and I was also incredibly isolated. I grew up in a small town where, you know, I I didn't really feel like I fit in, like, I, I was... I was really eager to reach out to people who had similar worldviews and... You, like myself, were a teenage misfit, but I grew, <laughs> I grew up without the internet, so I was just a teenage misfit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think um, that is a bit of a recipe for disaster, um, because... Yeah, because a lot of these people seem to be very, very young. Very, very young, yes. Um... Because, yeah, like, what's the one thing you want when you're a teenage misfit, like, trying to reach out to other people? You want a group to fit into. And, like, when you can find a group, you know, might be social justice warrior, trans, whatever, when you can find a group that says, you know, you're in the in-group, you're you're one of the good ones and these people are bad, mm. that's going to be something that's very tempting. Mm. Mm. And it's the same reason why... Um, cults tend to go for people in their adolescence because it's a time when you're particularly vulnerable to that kind of grooming. Yeah, it, I think that's a fantastic point and I, I think that given, uh, well, when I was a teenager pre-internet, you know, like for a lot of events they were 18 plus, they were held at licensed venues that served alcohol, so there were certain barriers to actually getting into some of these parts of the world whereas anyone online and I think everyone listening has clicked yeah I'm 18 yeah when you weren't fucking 18 yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) um so there's there's no filter there to sort of prevent groupthink from happening and Mm. there's no filter to sort of separate those who might be genuinely mentally ill and in need of help in whatever form um, and those who are people who just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. If that makes sense. Do you think that's a statement that you could agree with and find applicable to your situation? Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Um, so my next question was, given the way that you were, uh, cornered by a group of adult men at this event as a form of attempting to get you to leave, uh, what advice would you offer to men who have the ability to think critically and can see past this social justice warrior, anti-free speech, anti-right to assembly, anti-right to freedom of association horseshit, who might see something like this happen, but they might be afraid of being called, you know, like a predator or a white knight or any other derogatory term, pussy whipped, whatever the fuck they want to throw at them. What would you say to them? 
when they see this happening and they think, should I step in? What should I do? How should I go about this? What advice would you give to them? I mean, my knee-jerk response until you started talking about being afraid of the social sanctions was just going to be, um, pull your finger out and please step in and, like, (laughs) use your male status and, like, the increased respect that these people will have for you as a male over a female to to your advantage and to actually help us. Um, Mm, mm. But I guess in terms of being worried about what people are calling you, I mean, again, that kind of comes down to the thought crime thing and just not being afraid about thought criming. Like, it's okay to have... I mean, people are going to call you all the names in the book anytime you digress from social justice dogma. Um, and I think... Or any dogma, whether that's yeah. on the left yeah, yeah. with social justice yeah. or on the right. Yeah. Or in the fringe wing. Yeah. And it, it is a lot to deal with at first when you first start getting all these insults hurled your way because you're, you know politically incorrect in whatever way um but I don't know you kind of get used to it I think it's hard for me to answer this question because I've been dealing with that for so long that I've just become really desensitized to it and I can almost not remember what it was like being afraid of being called a you know problematic shit lord whatever yeah Um, yeah if I had a dollar for every time I'd been called a transphobe or a reactionary or a 4chan -er or a social justice warrior or a neo-nazi yeah I would be a very fucking rich woman yeah yeah um so what you're saying if I'm understanding you correctly is that don't worry about what other people are going to think and do mm-hmm. what's right by you. And yeah. if you think it's the right thing to step in, then step in. Yeah, it's... exactly. Follow your own internal moral compass. I think that's a uh, very pertinent answer, which brings me to, uh, I think, my next and final question. Oh, second last question, actually. Um, what advice do you give to girls and women who might see all of this stuff happening online, in the real world, and somewhere deep down, or even at the top of their minds, think, this isn't sitting right with me, there is something about this that just doesn't feel right, but I don't want to be called a turf, I don't want to lose my friends... I'm afraid of speaking out. What advice would you give to them? I was in the same boat a few years ago. Um, I was terrified. Um, I was... Because I had a bit of a following on my liberal feminist blog, um, so I was, you know, accountable to so many people, and I knew that... Because I started kind of secretly forming these views about transgender but not posting about them yet, Mm -hmm. and I knew... The minute I posted anything, I was going to lose XYZ friends because they wouldn't be behind it, and I just knew it was going to be bad. And um, honestly, it, it was bad. Like, I'm not going to tell you that, like, it's going to be fine, like, you're not going to experience any harassment because, like, chances are you will in some capacity. Um, but I guess the best thing I, the best advice I can offer is... You'll be in one of two situations. One situation is you'll be able to find other women around you who feel the same way and you'll be able to connect with those women and have that support because it's a lot harder to be one voice than it is to be one voice backed up by even just one other voice. Like, just 
another voice makes a huge difference. Um, and if you can't find women in real life, connect with women online. Um, and also consider um, it, it, it only takes one person speaking out to encourage you know, someone nearby kind of listening who kind of secretly has those views to be given the courage to also speak out. Mm. So in terms of weighing up the, like, is it really worth it to go through all the harassment in that sense? I think it is because it's like, it's like, yes, I've been through all this fucked stuff because of these views that I have, but in the process I've been able to inspire countless women to become open about these views that they've been having secretly and Mm. like Mm. that's that makes it worth it in my opinion well I mean that was why I wanted to start applied thought crime because all throughout my life I've had very unpopular opinions um but despite everyone's attempts to censor me or to get me to shut up I won't and (laughs) I never fucking will So, whatever. Um, But every single time I say something that I'm afraid of saying, because I'm like, ooh, shit, is this a bit too much of a hot take to share? Mm. I always get at least one message or email from someone who said, thanks for saying that. I've been thinking the same thing myself for a long time now, but I was... Too afraid to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Carvaggio said, if you want to write well, if you want to understand the world well, you've got to get into fights. Um, so, on that note of getting into fights, <laughs> do you think that it is, number one, feasible, and number two important for people of different political persuasions say for example radical feminists and uh american right-wing conservatives coming together to prevent uh for an arbitrary example in line with the show uh on the transgender rights or trans activist right issue do you think that's feasible for them to work together and do you think that it's important that we put our other political differences aside and work together or do you think that it's better that we maintain a distinction between political factions this one is complicated for me because i do think that it's really important to um be somewhat pragmatic in your approach to activism and achieving political change in terms of who you are and aren't willing to work with. I don't I don't subscribe to the idea that if you don't agree with someone, you shouldn't be able to work with them in any capacity or be friends or agree with them on anything else or whatever. Um, but I do feel concerned um, because radical feminists in particular are often likened to conservatives, Um because of the few small overlaps that we have with conservative ideology. Mm, um, mm. And, yeah, essentially it's just kind of bad for PR because it just gives gives all these leftists calling us Nazis, like, fuel for that fire. Mm. Um, but that being said, um, I think 
in particular working on really like immediate issues like when it's getting through legislation like that kind of thing I think it's vital for us to work together Mm. Mm. I think that's a a salient point to end on and I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts so make sure you leave a comment telling me that you think we're transphobic devils who (laughs) should burn in hell or that Maybe people need to find unlikely allies. Um, Yeah, so thank you very much, uh, Morgan, for coming tonight and having a speak. It was fucking grouse, man. Um, It's been a pleasure to pick your brain, and I hope you guys have enjoyed listening and gotten as much out of this as we have. Pashano, you see me walking. Get out the fucking way. Out. Well, I'ma just make you get out the fucking way. I got that walk, that walk. Uh-huh. Bitch, yeah. I talk my talk. Uh-huh. I say bark, you bark. Yeah. I yeah. need a spark, you spark. I got that walk, that walk. Yeah. Bitch, I talk my talk. Uh-huh. I say bark, you bark. I need a spark, Why you spark. Bitches yeah. can't relate to my lifestyle. Yeah. While a gang, bitch, me, my bitches fly. Take your nigga bangin', keep my tight yeah, no. Shittin' on you hoes, copy what you like uh-huh. So icy, take your ice, pony it at the shop Money belly flexin' in the crop top Poppin' pussy boy, I'll charge a lot Soldier slug, bitch, I'm on your block If that bitch talkin', tell I'm leave. Bite that bitch to that, hoe bleed Walk that walk, bitch. I talk my talk. I say bark, you bark. I need a spark, you spark. I got that walk that walk, bitch. I talk my talk. I say bark, you bark. I need a spark, you spark. (laughs) You thought I was mad? Yeah. Guess you don't know enough. Yeah. All right, let's cut the conversation small.